Today on the show, we're going to talk about what you should do today if you lost your sight yesterday. This is Life After Sight Loss Radio. And welcome to episode number 46 of the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, aka visually impaired person. Hey, if you're new to the program, welcome aboard. This is the place where we do product reviews, life advice, encouragement, how-tos, and so much more, all with the express purpose of helping individuals and families who are going through or facing physical sight loss. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in and check out this week's episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're talking about some of those first steps that you should take after losing your sight. And in fact, not only do I have some of the things you should do, but I've got a list of things you probably shouldn't do after so recently losing your vision. So we got some do's and don'ts to talk about on today's show. Uh, Coming up in our coaching corner, we're going to talk about what to do and how to do it if somebody asks you to come and give a presentation on your sight loss and your vision impairment. So don't worry, I'm here for you. And I've got a tech tip about some Amazon product and services. Spoiler alert, they're a lot more expensive. Accessible. So we're going to talk about a lot of great stuff, but before we jump into everything, just a reminder that you can find today's show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 046. Show notes includes links, information, there's videos, there's images, everything I talk about in today's episode, you can find at the show notes. Just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 046. So let's say somebody's come to you and they're like, hey, uh, I would love for you to come to my group, my classroom, my Lions Club meeting, whatever <laughs> whatever they are. And they're like, hey, can you come and talk to this group about your vision impairment, about your sight loss, about your story, about what it's like living with vision impairment, what we can do as a public to help people who are visually impaired, blah, 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 that sort of thing. And now you're like, uh... What do I do? Because you agreed because you think it's, you know, you know you should educate the public. But now you're like, I, I don't know what to do. And so good news. I'm here for you. I've got some advice, some tips, not only what to do, but how to do it. So let's jump into some of those tips, some of those things that you should probably think about if you're going to give a presentation about your vision impairment to a local group. Number one, I want you to think about the audience. That means are you giving a presentation to a group of second graders or is this a a group of senior citizens or somewhere in between. You need to think about the audience and what information they probably will need. Because if you're going in and talking to a group of second graders and you have a guide dog, they're probably a lot more interested in the dog than they are in you. That's nothing about you and you're not a terrible person, but face it, kids like dogs. So, you know, for the most part anyway. And if you're going in to talk to senior citizens, they might be wondering because they might be facing their own vision loss just because of age-related things. So you want to present the information based on the audience. So number one, think about the audience. Number two, don't over explain things. And I don't mean that you don't need to explain things. I mean, you don't need to over explain things. And what I mean by this is simply saying, hey, uh, some of the medical terminology, 
nah, they probably don't care that much or they probably won't understand. You know, for example, I have a genetic disease. There's some genetic testing out there. There's these numbers and mutations and blah, blah, blah. Look, people probably are like, great, just tell me how to live as a visually impaired person or tell me what it's like or tell me what I can, you know, that's what they really care about. So when it comes to some of those things, you just kind of have to wonder first, like I said, think about the audience and two, think about what might be over explaining it and then just sort of trim it down a bit. And if they have questions, you can definitely answer it, but just start with some of the basic stuff and let it go from there. Number three, I highly encourage you to write out an outline or some notes that you are going to go off of. Maybe you've been a public speaker for a long time. Maybe you've never given a speech in front of anybody. It doesn't matter. You need something to go from. Now, you might want to type it out completely and read it verbatim, but I would encourage you to get an outline or some notes as opposed to that so you can interact with the audience as much as possible. That way, it feels a little more natural as opposed to standing up and being like, Hi, my name is Joe. I am blind and I have been blind since birth or whatever, you know. So just find a way to, you know, the best way you can do it with an outline, maybe you write it out, you type it out, whatever it is, get you some basic stuff. And not only will it help you when you're actually giving the speech, but it will help you to, you know, parse it out in your mind and say, okay, what do I want to say? How do I want to say it? What's the objective? That sort of thing. So write in an outline, notes, something of that nature. And finally, I want to advise you to use technology to help you give the speech and as a demonstration. And so one of the things that I do, and I've got a video over in the show notes demonstrating this, the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 046, and I use Evernote to help me when I public speak, whether it's a sermon, whether it's a speech, whether it's a presentation, whatever, on your Mac, on your PC, you can go in and type out all your outline, your thoughts, your notes, whatever, in Evernote. And then if you've got an iPad or an iPhone, something like that, then you can go in and use that to help you give the speech. You put in a Bluetooth headset or a headphone or something like that, and you can hear your voiceover coming through the thing, and then you can speak it out to the audience. I would encourage you to go check out that video if you haven't already, because it's so useful in a lot of different situations. So not only are you using it to give the speech, but then you can say, here's how I'm giving this, and use it as a demonstration. So it's kind of a you know two-for-one punch kind of thing there. So use technology to your advantage and as a demonstration. So there's just a few tips for you. If somebody has come to you and asked you for a presentation, you can use these tips. And I want to let you know, don't be nervous. Look, you're probably going to be a little nervous, but don't freak out. These are people who want to hear what you have to say because you have knowledge they don't. And that's really important to remember. Uh, if if somebody comes in to speak to a room of people, it's because they have something to offer that the room needs or wants. So whether it's a group of second graders or a group of senior citizens or business or an organization, or church or whatever it is, they want to have the knowledge you have. So offer it up and let them know that, hey, this is the life we live. And you know what? It's not all that bad. If you're looking for help giving a presentation, working on a relationship, or trying to get assistance with some technology, I'd love to help you out on a little more personal one-on-one kind of basis. Just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash coaching, and you can find all the information about my coaching services, pricing, and all that sort of thing. Visit that page, and let's start a relationship with coaching so I can help you out, and we can work together on some of the goals you might have in your life. (music) 
So you say you recently lost your sight and now you're not sure what to do. Well, we've talked about first steps before and we'll probably talk about them again, but that's what people want to know. What should I do? What should I do now? And how should I do it? And where should I go? And they have all these questions. And look, I get it. If you've recently lost your sight, you probably have a thousand questions that you want answers to. And we all did and we all still kind of do in some way, shape and form. But today, I thought I'd give you some ideas of what to do if you recently lost your sight. And not only that, some ideas of what not to do. And so I want to give you a list of these things. There's five in each list of do's and don'ts. And again, these aren't like hard and fast rules. These are just some ideas that I've seen from my own life and other people's lives on just some ideas of things that you should probably step into or probably not should step into. And and some of the nots aren't don't do these things ever. It just might be right at first. These are kind of first step things. So let's jump into some of those do's and don'ts if you just lost your sight recently. All right, first up, we're going to start with the don'ts, because I think, you know, a lot of times we're like, what do I do? What do I do? It's like, well, let me let me tell you what not to do first. So first, number one, don't make any life decisions. What I mean by this is a lot of times you lose your sight, you go through something traumatic and you want to make life decisions. You know, you want to sell your house or buy a new car or change jobs or, uh, you know, move across the country, whatever. It's like, let's make a life decision because now this is the only way. Don't make any life decisions immediately after losing your sight. You know what? Your life may change, but some of the things you want to change right off the bat may not end up changing. You may not have to move. You may not have to, uh, you know, go across the country. You may not have to do those things. Um, you might say, well, I got to sell my car right away or I'm never going to sell my car. Whatever. Just just think about this. Don't make any life decisions right off the bat after losing your sight. There's nothing wrong with making life decisions, but don't take the first week after losing your sight to make all of those decisions. Second up, and kind of right along with that, don't quit your job. Now, a lot of times with vision loss, a job change does happen, and that's just part of the process, and it's hard, and it's difficult, and you have to work through those things, but don't think, oh, I've lost my sight, i got to quit my job immediately. You know, I I guess unless you're, I don't know, an airplane pilot or something, but other than that, don't immediately think your job is not going to be accessible. It might be able to be accessible, especially if you work in a situation where you're on a computer, because that's very accessible, or you... uh, um, you know, you have something that's mobile and you got to have a mobile device that's very accessible. Maybe you're in a situation where you think, oh, I've got to read print and that's not going to be, it can be accessible. So don't quit your job thinking that you're never going to be able to do this again because you might have to take a short leave of absence and learn how to do technology and figure out how to make your job accessible and adapt it to you. But it might be able to be adapted pretty easily and you just don't realize it yet. So number two, don't quit your job. Number three, and hear me out on this, don't try and learn Braille. And what I mean by that is don't try and learn Braille in the first week. I'm not saying don't learn Braille ever. I'm saying if you just recently lost your sight, don't try to learn Braille now. Like, okay, I'm going to learn Braille. I'm going to get it. Because Braille isn't easy to learn. I'm not saying it's so hard you can't learn it. I'm just saying it is a bit challenging. So you've got a bunch of other things that you're facing, whether it's your job situation, relationships, uh, technology, all these other things. Don't think, well, blind people read Braille. I guess I'm going to have to learn it and try to figure, you know, getting an app or going to the library or something like that. Don't, Don't try to learn Braille this week. Maybe in a couple of months, you're like, okay, I'm a little more adapted. I'm adjusted a little bit here. So let's kind of start that process. But if you just recently lost your sight, you know what? Probably don't try and learn Braille in the first week. 
Number four, don't try and do everything on your own. I know a lot of people have this very independent mentality and they're like, look, I'm going to have to do this independently anyway, so I'm going to have to do it now. I'm going to have to learn how to do it now. Just get out of my way and don't help me. And, you know, then we get in fights with people because they're trying to help us make a sandwich or something. Look, don't try and do everything on your own. I'm not saying you won't be independent. I, I think that's what we fear. Like, well, if I don't do it now, I'll never be independent. Like, yeah, you will be independent. It's okay. Look, you just recently lost your sight. Your whole world is kind of upside down. Right now, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, Look, I'm having a little difficulty doing this. Uh, Can you help me? Nothing wrong with that. So don't try to do everything on your own because, trust me, in the long run, you'll probably be just as independent as you ever were in most things, but maybe just not right at first. And you know what? That's okay. And number five, right on the heels of number four, don't freak out the first time you ask for help. Look, the idea of being a burden on people will creep into your life. It's almost a guarantee in many situations. You're going to feel like, oh, I'm a burden on people and they got to help me. And, you know, it's, uh, it's terrible because there may be that time when you're having difficulty doing something, maybe reading a label. Maybe you're trying to open something. Maybe you're trying to uh, figure out something on the computer and you're just it's not working. And now all these emotions are flooding in. You're angry. You're frustrated. You're sad. You're whatever. And you have to ask for help. And usually that person gets the brunt of all, all the stuff you're going through. It's like. Hey, can you help me? Uh, and you're weeping, and they come in they're like, "What do you need?" And it's like, "What do you mean? What do I need?" I think it's like, "Whoa, whoa, what happened?" So don't freak out. You know, it's, if you need help, ask for help. Don't do it on your own, but don't freak out on the person, especially especially when they have no idea what's going on. Kind of give them, you know, play by play. Well, hey, I was trying to do this and this didn't work, and now I'm sad. And it's like, okay, uh, but don't freak out the first time that you ask for help. So there are a few things not to do immediately after losing your sight. Now, let's jump into some of those things you might want to try after losing your sight. Number one, and I guess it's kind of, you know, we're using the mirror effect here uh, after the last list. Number one, do ask for help. It's important to ask for help. Whether you need a ride somewhere, whether you need to read something, whether you're trying to make a meal, whatever it is, ask for help. It's fine. It doesn't mean you're not going to be independent in six months or a year. It just means you need some help right now. Look, I've been blind over 16 years and I still ask for help because there are things I need help with and that's fine. You know what? When we were sighted, if you lost your sight at some point, if you were sighted and lost your sight and, you know, have gone to being visually impaired, when you were sighted, you probably asked for help with things with not that big a deal. Like, hey, can you help me do this real quick? Can you help me thing? Whatever. We didn't have an issue with it because we didn't feel disabled. We didn't feel handicapped. We didn't feel limited. And that's just, maybe that's a small tangent. My apologies. But that's kind of what it is. When we have this vision impairment, now we feel like we're helpless and disabled. It's like, I can't ask for help. I'll never be able to get it. It's like, look, You need help sometimes, and that's okay. So don't be afraid to ask for help and just say, hey, I need help with this. Give them specific, you know, things like I need this specific way of helping. And you can find independence, but it might not be in the first week after losing your sight. So take a minute and ask for help. Secondly, I want to encourage you to take tons of time to process. And this 
processing your sight loss works out in a few different ways. I mean, you, you could be mentally, emotionally, uh, physically processing how to do things. It could be a lot of different things, but take tons of time. I, I don't mean the next hundred years, but I, I don't mean the next two days. Take your time. Don't worry if you haven't figured it all out in a week. Don't worry if you're still having crying fits in two months. Don't worry if you get angry and you're not sure why. Like, just take time to process. This could be with other people. This could be, you know, time alone and journaling. Just take time to process what you're going through. Because if you've gone from sighted to visually impaired, that can be a traumatic event. I'm not suggesting that blindness, being a blind person, is uh, traumatic or, you know, a tragedy or something like that. I'm just saying that going from sighted to visually impaired, that can be traumatic. So take time to process through all the things that you're going through. Number three, I want you to make and achieve small goals. And when I say small goals, I don't mean that you're going to, uh, you know, do something crazy like climb Mount Everest. I mean small goals like walking out to the mailbox, like making a sandwich, like um, drawing a picture, like taking an Uber down the street. Small goals because that will help you learn to become independent. Obviously, you want to get help, you know, with an organization teaching you certain strategies, O and training, orientation mobility, uh, if that's new to you. You know, you want to do those kinds of things, but you also want to set small goals in your home. Maybe it's learning how to send an email on the computer. I don't mean you want to learn the whole computer. Computer, just learn how to send an email. That's it. That's all you have to do. I send the email, boom, I'm good. So do make goals and achieve those goals because early on, that's going to be a big boost in confidence and help you to seek and find that independence later on. Number four, I want you to talk about what you're going through with friends, with family members, maybe with a counselor, coach, something like that. Talk about it. Even if you're not an external person, if you're an internal person, that's okay. You don't have to talk for hours, but just get something out and let other people know what you're going through. I don't mean you have to be like, I hate everybody, I hate my life. I just mean, you know, process what you're going through externally at times and talk about it with friends and family because that way they're in tune with what you're going through and that way they can help out the best way possible. So when you do ask for help, because you're going to ask for help, right? That's number one. You're going to ask for help. When you do ask for help, they're going to be like, ah, I know what to do here. I've got a better idea because you've talked to them about what you're going through. You said, I like this. I don't like this. This is hurtful. This is harmful. This is good, whatever. And then that way they're keen and ready to go whenever you need the help. And if you have a counselor, a mentor, a leader, a coach, whatever, talk to them as well because then they might have some unbiased ideas on how to walk through certain things. And again, that could be emotionally, mentally, physically, whatever. But find people to share what you're going through because that way they're in tune with you and they can walk alongside you on your journey. And number five, and I think this one is a little easier said than done at times, so I get that. But I want you to focus on what you can do. When you lose your sight, it's so easy, I mean so easy, to get focused on what you can't do. I can't drive. I can't this. I can't that. And and all of a sudden, we get in this rut of can't, 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 can't. And I've heard so many people say, you don't say can't. Focus on what you can. Again, I know that's easier said than done. I know that emotionally and mentally, it's so easy to be like, here's what I can't do. And it's kind of like looking over here and trying to focus on what you can do, and then all of a sudden getting dragged back into what you can't. I get it. So I want you just to make a conscious effort to focus on what you can do. What can you do? Well, you can still do this. You can still do that. I'm not going to make a huge list for you. It's all up to you. What can you do? And if you can do that, then keep doing it. Ask for help with things you can't 
and focus on the things you can. So there you go, guys, a list of do's and don'ts if you recently lost your sight. Again, this is recent sight loss. If you've been blind for 20,000 years, you might be like, well, I can do all this or I can't do anything, whatever. But it's just a good reminder that if we're struggling through something, we probably want to do certain things or we don't want to do certain things. And it's important to get kind of a, a focus, a laser focus on what to do and a laser focus on what not to do. So I hope that these kinds of tips give you some encouragement that if you're trying certain things that are good for you, go for it. But if you're trying and failing in other things, just put it to the side and come back to it later. Like I said, I don't think we should learn Braille in the first week, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't. Uh, you know, I don't think we should never ask for help, and I don't think we should try to be indent, uh, independent in the first week or whatever, but I do think we'll be independent in the future. So just think about this. If you've recently gone through sight laws, give yourself some grace and work through these things and take your time because everybody needs a little bit of time, a little bit of space to go through it. And I just want to encourage you to do the do's, to don't the don'ts. Does that make any sense? Just, you know, do it, don't do it. And I just encourage you that as you're going through this, face it and it's going to be okay. It takes some time, but I promise you it's going to be okay. All right, guys, I got a little tech tip for you. I was reading an article recently about Amazon and how they're doing their best to make their products and services accessible to blind and visually impaired people. Now, here's the interesting part. If, if you'd asked me a few years ago about Amazon products and services, I probably would have said, well, they're not accessible. Don't get them. Don't use them. They're not accessible to blind and visually impaired people. But I tell you what, Amazon has really worked hard in the last couple of years to make things more accessible. The article, which I've got linked in the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 046 talks about how their uh, voice uh, screen reader is working to read math problems and is just working to do a lot more things on like the Kindle reader and the Fire tablet and so forth. Um, also, Amazon's worked real hard and has got a lot of uh, audio description on their things for their Prime Video and the stuff that you can purchase from Amazon. They're really working hard on that. And I just, I got to say, it's so good to see a company to take things seriously. We've oftentimes in the blind community talked about Apple and how they take accessibility seriously. And I still agree, and I think they do. But a company like Amazon, who has a big share of the market, you know, from products and services and so forth, they really are doing a great job. Amazon continues to say it's day one here at Amazon for accessibility, meaning that they're always going kind of back to the drawing board. How can we make this better? How can we do this a little bit better than we did before? And that is great to see. So if you're interested in picking up like an Amazon tablet or trying out Prime Video or something like that, it's a great time to do it because they've never been more accessible than they are right now and they're only getting better. So go check out that uh, link in the show notes. All right, my friends, now it is your turn. You've heard me ramble on for the last few minutes, and now I want to hear from you and continue the conversation. So I'd love to hear from you about anything you've got, but to give you a little primer, a little boost, I've got a question for you, as I always do here at the end of the podcast. And our question this week is this. What is one thing that helped you a lot, a great deal, uh, it helped you kind of cope 
immediately after losing your sight. And, you know, in the first few days, maybe the first few weeks, what's one thing that really helped you? Was it technology? Was it friendship? Was it, um, you know, your spiritual beliefs? What was one thing that you can point to and say, hey, this is something that really helped me whenever I first lost my sight? For me, one thing I think that helped me was to just keep getting out there, you know, to not be reclusive. Yes, I went through times, uh, a pretty good time where I was pretty reclusive, but I think just continuing to get out there really helped me. So for you, What's your one thing? I want to hear from you, and you can do that in a few different ways. First of all, you can send me an email, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. You can tweet me at the Derek Daniel, or you can send me a voicemail, and the number for that, of course, is 317-721-1027. And if you'd like that voicemail featured on the podcast, don't forget to leave that in the voicemail, and make sure to include anything you want so I can feature it on the podcast. Again, the number for the voicemail is 317 721 one zero two seven. All right, guys, as we round third base here on the podcast, a few housekeeping items. First of all, thank you for listening. If you haven't gotten the chance to subscribe yet, I'd love for you to do that. You can subscribe on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, on your Android phone, on a on an app like Overcast, something like that. If you'd like to do that, go to the show notes, lifeaftersightloss.com slash 046, and there's a player right at the top of the notes, and right under that, there are buttons that say Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and so forth. You click on those, take it to the link, hit that subscribe button, and that way you won't miss another single episode of Life After Sight Loss Radio. By the way, if you're out there surfing the World Wide Web, I'd love to hear from you. As I mentioned, email, tweet, uh, voicemail, all that stuff. Just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash contact, and you will find all the ways to get in touch with me. I'd love to hear from you. Questions, comments, or just saying, hey, I look forward to hearing from you real soon. And by the way, I've recently updated the website. Hopefully, it's a lot simpler to navigate now, and it's very content-focused. So hop on over to lifeaftersightloss.com. Check it out. You can watch all the videos, listen to the podcast. Uh, I'm trying to build a resource kind of thing for you, if uh, organizations and videos and stuff from other people. So hop on over to lifeaftersightloss.com. Check out the website and let me know what you think, because I'm trying to make it simpler to use, easier to access, so that everybody from visually impaired people to sighted supporters can get access and help to discover life after sight loss. All right, my friends. Well, that is going to wrap it up for me this week. I want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast and remind you that all the information included in today's episode is intended for informational and educational purposes only. If you're in need of professional, medical, or legal advice, please seek out a specialist in your area. Thank you again for listening wherever you are. And until next time, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name's Derek Daniel from lifeaftersightloss.com, and I'll see you in the next one.